put a wrap on the NFL draft by the Lions. Brad Holmes finally getting have a, have a little air. It's been a busy, busy week for him, and uh, the GM for the Lions is kind enough to join us here on the Mitch Album Program. Thank you, Brad, for taking some time for us. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, in the end, I believe that drafts basically come down to the general manager and the way the general manager looks at it, not mock drafts, not anything else. You you definitely flew in the face of a lot of the mock draft and expert soap people. Did you know going in that you were probably going to end up on the uh, on the opposite side of a lot of predictions? Um, <laughs> you know, I we – you know, there's there there is some value in those mock drafts, uh, just because you know you kind of want to see what the buzz is, or and sometimes in those mock drafts, you know, um, you know, un- unfortunately, um, you know, people inside buildings talk, you know, so you just don't know, you know, if there's any, uh, you know, truth to it or not, but kind of keep in touch with it, but. By any means, uh, we never look to kind of, you know, satisfy a mock draft. You know, we just kind of pick the best players for us who we deem as fit. And uh, I pretty much get those narratives of, well, you can't do this here and you can't do that there. But um, but I'll say with all due respect of them, um, the people that are putting together the mocks, um, you know, they're not – so they're not, not spending what they do for nearly yeah. as much time. And so um, I always look at, you know, if you got – I was talking to somebody uh, earlier today about if you were trying to pick a uh, – let's call it a, someone to manage your portfolio and your investments. And you had – you're picking between two people, and you had one guy that says, man, I do this all the time. This is all I do. I have all the information. I can put you in the best position, uh, you know, get your best ROI. And then you're looking at another person that's saying, I kind of do this every now and then, and I don't, I don't have all the information, but I, I kind of have interest in it. You know, which person right. would you choose? Actually, it would, be, it would be more like uh, <laughs> if you have one guy who does this all the time and another guy who writes about the guy who does it all the time. <laughs> then which one would you want managing your investments? Well, the, you know, I always find that the further out you get from the very, very top picks, the much, much harder it is for anybody to predict. You were at number six, which isn't that far off from predicting. And, and really – the first three or four kind of went the way that most people did. Sure. So I want to ask I want to ask you point blank if uh, Devin Witherspoon, who a lot of people had predicted that you would take with num- the number six pick, had been available because he was taken number five just ahead of you, would you have stayed there and made that pick? I would say he would have been in heavily uh, consideration because he was uh, one of a cluster of players uh, that um, that that we were a- interested in, but um, it's, it's no guarantee there. But uh, but but only when you say cluster of players we were interested in. Obviously, there weren't any other ones that you were interested in that were left at number six, or you would have picked them at number six, right? Well, what, that's when you have to kind of use your instinct and kind of see, kind of uh, feel out the board and feel out kind of how you feel like the um, picks are going to fall. And that's just another line of work that we do. Um, you know, our pro personnel department does a really good job of of identifying, you know, team needs and, 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 right. and all of that. Because I, cause I get it, you know, when you're picking up there, 
you know, often it's it's based on need. Now, sometimes it does line up where it's the best player and a need. You know, back in 21 when we uh, took Panay Sewell at seven, yeah, we had a void there at right tackle, but Panay was just the best player. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, so sometimes it just lines up that way, but um, you just kind of trust your instinct. How quickly did you decide let's trade out of number six was it after number five was taken and if so yeah, how, fa- I mean, how fast do you have to move to make that happen yeah well you know you, you you got 10 minutes on the clock and you just start um and again it's all about preparation so um you know you are you are prepared to make those moves and you know we actually because i didn't get virtually really any calls to move up to six before the draft um, so that's why I was thinking, ah, okay. But when I got the call from Arizona and then when the uh, compensation looked like it made a lot of sense, uh, especially getting the uh, high second-round pick, then that's when um, it was it was kind of a no So they contacted you at that point? It wasn't you saying, oh, well, we don't, there's nobody we like at six here now, uh, let, let's move back? It was actually Arizona contacting you to move up? Yeah, they had reached out because um, obviously, you know, they were looking to pick a tackle. And, you know, those guys, um, there's only a, a a small set of them, you know, and once those guys start going, they start going fast. So they, they probably had in their mind that they wanted, they wanted to get up in front of some teams, obviously, to get the uh, pick of the litter of the tackles. And so, um, you know, that's when they um, made an offer that was good for us. Did you go into that draft? saying, I want to get a running back out of this draft and, 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 and a good one? Uh, I will say I went into the draft saying that I would like to get Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> okay. Well, you, well mission you, accomplished. You does, it yeah. make, does it make a difference, Brad, that um, this is people talking to, so you can tell me if I'm crazy or not, of how long guys are you think they're going to play for? Like they say running backs, you know, they're one contract mostly, and, you know, the longevity on running backs is short. Does that make a difference, or are you just going by – I need this guy for my team this year and then next year, whatever, and then we'll go from there. Uh, no, you know, um, you know, when you pick a guy that high, you want the guy to be around for a long time. And the reason with Jameer, why that wasn't really, um, you know, kind of a deterrent and kind of our decision of having conviction on him is just that we had a really clear vision of how we were going to use him. And uh, if we kind of envisioned just – he was going to be this punishing bell cow, you know, um, every down getting turned, you know, then I, we, we probably would add a little bit different, but that's not our vision on him. So um, well, that's why we felt comfortable while picking him and that uh, hopefully he'll be a Detroit line for a long time. You passed on Jalen Carter, who a lot of people felt was the most uh, talented defensive player, but came obviously with some baggage in some of his history. You had a free, clear field at him. You didn't take him. The Philadelphia Eagles traded up to number nine a few picks back to take him. Why, on a team that obviously was defensively challenged last year, would you not take Jalen Carter? Well, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of d- discussion, and we had discussion about Jalen, and we did our homework on him, and we um, brought him in for a visit and had a nice visit, and I mean, it, it is exhaustive research that it's, it's extremely thorough that goes into all of these players, but um, but you know, we just kind of made the um, what we felt was the right decision uh, to make the movie did. 
So whatever was – it wasn't talent, obviously. Whatever else concerned you, you didn't want to take a chance on. We decided to turn another direction. There's another way of saying the same thing. <laughs> second, second round, you come out. You have the third pick in the second round, uh, thanks yep. to the draft that you made, uh, the trade that you made. Um, Will Levis, the quarterback from Kentucky, who a lot of people thought would go on the first day, was, was sitting there. The first team was Pittsburgh. They didn't need a quarterback, so they took somebody else. And then the second team was Arizona, who also didn't need a quarterback. And then they made a quick trade with Tennessee. They jumped up and took the quarterback. Would yep. you have considered him if Tennessee didn't jump in? Did that catch you by surprise? Were you thinking he might be there? And was he on your, on your list as a potential future quarterback? Um, I mean, he wasn't in the, we pretty much had our, uh, sights on, uh, on Sam and, uh, in, in getting him. So I, I can't say that he was in the plans of, of that pick. You did end up picking a quarterback later on and hooker out of Tennessee. Was he somebody that you started the draft saying if he's still around in the third round might be somebody we're looking for? Yeah, you know, we we um we had a liking for Hendon and we liked his skill set and what he brought just, you know, both as a, you know, his physical skill set and 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 as a human being and his intangibles and um he he is someone that I felt like uh fit our situation in terms of what we were lo- looking for and I I feel like he's kind of coming into a um a, a perfect situation with an opportunity to, uh, there's really no pressure on him. Um, you know, we, we, we like his upside. We think we has, he has a lot of good developmental traits. But, um, you know, he's going to be recovering from his injury. And, um, you know, he can, you know, sit back, develop, you know, see how uh, Jared and Nate do things. And uh, I just think it's really good. But, yeah, he, he, he was a guy that, um, that, that, that we had uh, in our sites. Another kid we brought in for a visit. And uh, we liked him, and uh, luckily it worked out. Do you still have to look for another quarterback then, depending on if he even will be able to play this year? Is that off the table now, or is that you're just going to wait and see what happens with Herndon? Well, I mean, we still have Nate Suffield, uh, but behind Jared. So, um, and, you know, we liked what Nate did last year. Obviously, he didn't really get any meaningful game snaps, but we've seen enough of him, um, you know, throughout the regular season and practice and kind of what he is in the, in the meeting room that we felt uh, comfortable uh, bringing him back. And, um, but, you know, I've always said from day one that I wanted to add a lot more competition and um, wanted to add a, a lot more resources into that room and so I felt like we were able to do that not only uh, bringing back Nate but uh, getting Hendon and uh, we'll, we'll also have another quarterback in um, you know because uh, you know you, you still that's two healthy quarterbacks so you still need a third healthy quarterback uh, to, to you know to compete with. Did the uh, suspension of Jamison Williams make you look at the draft differently or what you have to do now differently in terms of six games that you're going to be without him as a receiver. And it's not like the team is all dependent on Jamison Williams, but you don't have that many right now, that many receivers on your roster. Did, did his suspension change your plans or is it in the process of changing your plans? Not really. I mean, obviously, you, you, you look at it from a depth standpoint um, and just make sure you have enough. And, you know, we, we ended up getting Antoine Green in the seventh round, um, not because of the suspension, just that, you know, we 
had Antoine Green rated higher, and he happened to still be there. <laughs> and so we felt like that was really good value uh, there in the seventh round. But, um, but no, it didn't really kind of alter our plans in terms of, like, trying to find an immediate replacement or anything. We didn't really alter our plans of, like, oh, well, we weren't considering these receivers uh, in the first round or second round, but, you know, when the suspension came out that it, you know, now now that we are now. So um, it didn't really alter our plans that, that much. Uh, obviously, we felt good about, you know, Jamison still being able to participate in this offseason program, and uh, he'll be with us in training camp and throughout the preseason. And um, he'll be able to return back to the facility uh, even before his uh, game suspensions are up. So um, mm-hmm. I think that we'll have a good plan in place. You know, it's a very common practice that uh, analysts and writers give grades to the drafts after they're done. They give them to the picks and they give them to the gyms. If you were grading yourself in the Lions draft, what would you give yourself? Um, well, I always, I'm always hard on myself and I always feel like it's never good enough. So, um, you know, I, I think that's the highest that you could probably get is an A+. Plus. So, um, you know, always to leave room, I don't, I'd give myself an A or give yeah. us an A. Give me an there A you and leave yourself there room you for the plus. If I had gone through high school saying, yeah, I'm going to grade myself down, I'm just going to give myself an A, I think my parents would have been quite happy with that, actually. You, you know, I was looking Well, at- you know, the grading, like, I always think it's so hard. Like, I think the just forecasting a mock draft is so hard, just with, like what we were talking about earlier, just right. with so little information uh but the ultimate is like the the reality is from like a psychological standpoint is that when you know you you put in that strain to forecast and it the results don't come out to what you thought it was going to come out to then your brain usually doesn't like that and so then it's a short amount of time where your brain is still kind of uh, disappointed, and you don't like it, and then now you have to uh, provide a grade. (laughs) Be like a teacher being disappointed. I've been very comfortable with the uh, thrashings that we've received. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't think you've gotten C's. They haven't been thrashing. Thrashings are Fs. I know one thing. I looked at some mock draft grades from previous years today, and I looked up one when Kansas City drafted Mahomes, and they gave him a C- for the draft. So that throws everything (laughs) out the window right there. Ah, great to use. I do want to ask you before I let you go. Last question on a, on a human level, I have such yeah. admiration for what you people in your position and 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 you particularly because you do so much trading. What the mm-hmm. the emotional and mental intensity of Thursday night or you know from or Thursday morning to Saturday night? It's like I, I don't know what those three days must be like for you. Your brain must constantly be, you know switching gears around and, and doing permutations and, 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 you know, and do you, do you drink a lot of coffee? Do you try to make sure you sleep because you can't do that if you're punchy? What, what is that physically and mentally like for three straight days? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I, I, I try to um, try to do my normal routine in terms of kind of making sure that every morning I try to get some exercise in before I come into the office and meditation, have my head clear and all that for a regular day. And I pretty much keep that same routine. At least I did uh, heading into Thursday, but as much of preparation and uh, planning that we do for, all right, well, if this happens then we'll do this. And if if that happens then we'll do this, you kind of come in prepared knowing that something's going to happen that, 
you did not think about or there there is going to be a curveball that's going to be thrown and you just got to be prepared to react um so you try to do that the best you can but after Thursday, I mean, um, it's kind of a good part of not getting any sleep throughout the rest of the weekend because being thrilled with how the first night went, I mean, I may have got home around 1 a.m. and I really couldn't go to sleep till probably to another, you know, till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning just because you're so yeah. kind of jacked and amped up. And, you know, that kind of carries throughout the weekend. So. Yeah. This will be kind of a good week, uh, maybe towards the end of the this rest. week, to hopefully try well, to catch if, up. If, if the Lions are smart, they'll make breakaway tables for your future <laughs> yeah. uh, because the way you get excited, you're gonna you're gonna destroy some more furniture in there. So, yeah. but we enjoyed it's watching really it, funny. and we enjoyed watching. We enjoyed this conversation with you, Brad, and uh, I'm sure we'll be watching. There's a lot of excitement for the Lions going forward, and we thank you for spending so much time with us here today. Thank you so much for having me on. You guys have a good one. All right. Brad Holmes from the Lions, the uh, GM who did the draft mm-hmm. and uh, broke a couple tables <laughs> <laughs> nearly. It's 760 WJR.